Welcome, you guys, to Set Up for Success Pod, the only podcast dedicated to Gen Z and HBCU students. I'm your host, Sara Lee, and today's guest is not only an HBCU graduate from Oakwood University, but he's a boss, a boss, I'm trying to say it the correct way, a boss. And he's a content creator, he's a viral sensation, he's an entrepreneur, and he's also worked with top dogs like Devon Franklin, Kevin Hart, Tabitha Brown, Kev on stage. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Austin Reed. What's up, guy? What's up, my guy? What's going on, Sarah? How you feeling? It's so good to be on here. I'm so excited. I haven't seen you since literally February, which is when I first met you. (laughs) It's been a while. You look good. You look glowing in LA. Happy. Thank you so much. You look good too. You you look great. Thank you. So how how has LA been? How has that been for you? Just moving there. We're gonna get into everything, but I do want to ask you that first. Okay, so so I won't get into it too too much yet. Um, But overall, just moving to LA, um, you know, it's definitely been a journey. Um, You know, like like any new chapter in life is a journey. Um, I think for me, the transition from not just my hometown to LA, but like the transition Mm -hmm. from college to adult life, as well as like moving. Um, it's a it's a journey into itself. Like I said, not getting too much into it yet. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's been a it's been a, a a good journey so far. You know, there's been highs and lows, but overall, it's it's been a good journey. That's good. I mean, I, like as you can see from the intro, you've done a lot, a lot of things. Yeah. And I feel like everyone's gonna learn a lot, so much from you because you are just a go getter, and you know what you want, and you go after the things that you want. And especially being an HBCU grad, we have that in common. And many people that listen in are either attending an HBCU or trying to decide if they want to go to an HBCU. So I want you to kind of take me on that journey. Take me back on when you first decided, like, I'm going to commit to going to my HBCU Oakwood. Got you. Um, Well, honestly, I committed to my HBCU Oakwood probably before I could even like talk. So I said that because I'm a generational Oakwoodite. Um, My great grandparents went to Oakwood. Um, My grandparents went to Oakwood. Um, All of my mom's brothers and sisters went to Oakwood and my mom herself went to Oakwood. Um, And I'm the oldest, not only of my parents, but of my maternal grandparents. They have 20 two grandchildren, I'm the oldest of them. Um, and so I felt like it wasn't it wasn't forced on me to go. You know, my, my parents and my family were very supportive of, you know, just allowing me to, you know, make my own decisions and, and things like that. I have a sister as well. She went to Howard University. So it was not forced on us at all. Um, but I think for me, you know, I made the decision, number one, because I wanted to carry on the legacy. Um, number two, I definitely wanted to attend an HBCU. And number three, I think that overall, like there was just values and, and morals and things like that that I wanted to portray into this institution. Um, and so that's why I chose Oakland University. There was a myriad of reasons of it, but yeah. wow, that's really cool. I've never heard of that far as a legacy, that far of a generation back. You must be known at Oakwood. You probably were known before you even like yeah. set foot. I'm sure it's crazy because I remember my sophomore year. Um, in my calculus class, I, I'll never forget this story. I got, <laughs> I can say this now because I graduated. You know, I, I got the degree <laughs> on the wall, but I got an F on like the first exam. And the teacher, she like knew my mom. Like she knew, I guess she like knew me since I was born. Why did she text my mom talking about some, oh, Austin just failed his exam? I'm like, why, why are you ta- I'm a grown man. Are you telling my mom what I'm doing? Like, come on now. Come on. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a journey. Um, you know, I knew, I knew a lot of people from, you know, people knew me from church or my family and Sometimes I'll see teachers, you know, at my grandparents' house, you know, eating food with us. And I'm just like, uh, let's, let's kind of keep this separate. <laughs> right. Oakwood is, is in Alabama? Yes, yes, yes. It's in Huntsville, Alabama. Yes. It's so actually- is that where, that's where you were, that's where you grew up. That's where you were born? So it's crazy. I was born in Alabama, yes, but I'm a military mm-hmm. kid. Um, and so mm-hmm. I claim Maryland. I lived there the longest of my life. I lived there from fifth grade up until Lily went off to college. Um, but um, my entire um, extended family, my grandparents, all my mom's brothers and sisters, my dad's parents, they all live in Alabama as well. So every mm-hmm. break, summer, all that stuff, I was back in Alabama. So I was like raised wow. in the South, but also, you know, in Maryland. So, yeah. Gotcha. What do you, do you think Oakwood is overlooked in the HBCU groups? Do you think it is? 
Definitely, definitely. And I, 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 it's interesting that you say that because I actually started um, an HBCU tour my junior year of college, just basically um, traveling. I didn't finish yet. We're, we're still in the mm -hmm. process of finishing. Um, but just traveling to all 107 historically black colleges and universities across the country, just kind of bring awareness to all those schools, not necessarily just yeah. the Oakwoods, but, you know, the Arkansas Pine Bluffs, the, the, the Prairie mm -hmm. View, the Xavier's in Louisiana, like things like that. I feel like there's so many HBCUs and so much rich culture and history in each school that often get overlooked. Um, you know, shout out to the Hamptons, shout out to, you uh. know, the universities and like things <laughs> like that. But I also want recognition to be across the board, you know, for these HBCUs. Yeah. There's a lot to offer for so much, but to answer your question, yes, I feel like Oakwood gets overlooked. <laughs> what do you think makes Oakwood? Because I know with my experience going to Hampton, there's just something about it that's just different to me that I've never yeah. experienced before. What do you think is Oakwood's thing for you that makes it like there's just, we love all of the HBCUs, but for you, there's just something special. What do you think that special thing is about that school? Um, I think there's a there's a, a couple of special things. Number one, we have the choir of the world, the Oakwood University Aeolians. Um, we are the choir of the world. Um, we are <laughs> a very musically inclined institution. You know, a lot of a lot of great artists like Brian McKnight, Take Six, Stevie Mackey, they all attended, you know, Oakwood University. So I think the music side of, of that is is very, you know, that's that's one of the main things. Number two is the spirituality side of it. So we're the only Adventist HBCU. So basically, you know, we believe that the seven day Saturday is a Sabbath and things like that. And so the entire culture mm. is structured around, you know, the gospel of God and 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 just like um, religion and things like that. Um, it's definitely not forced down our throats, like definitely not that, but I think that's right. what makes it special, especially being an HBCU where the only HBCU campus as well that is um, only serves like vegetarian food in the, in the calf. If you want some meat, you got to step off campus. Um, it was wow. actually up to a point where like people would try to order like, let's say like uh, uh, pepperoni pizza or whatever, they would not be able to deliver it on campus. That's changed now. Wow. Um, yeah, like in the older times, that's how it was. Um, and just overall, like connections as a whole, I feel like, you know, a lot of my really, really good friends um, that I know I'm going to have for life, I met at Oakwood um, and I wouldn't have traded that experience at all for the world. So I think those are the three things that really makes Oakwood different. That's so cool. What do you think was the moment where you felt like I am here? I'm a legacy. I have to immerse myself in this culture and kind of leave my mark in a sense. And I know you were on like the Royal Court and you yeah. did a lot while you were on campus. Talk about those achievements that you did, because I'm sure you did many things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, like you said, I, I did many things. So I think for me, you know, I knew that going into college as a whole, I wanted to leave my legacy, regardless of what school I ended up at. I knew I wanted to leave a legacy. And so going into my freshman year, I was very much focused and, and very much like, okay, like Austin, like what do you have to do to reach this endpoint? Um, I'm trying to get out of this habit now of like trying to like plan too, too far in advance. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, straight out of high school, I was just very much like, okay, Austin, like let's knock it out the park. I know I wanted to be, you know, Mr. Oakwood my senior year. And so mm -hmm. throughout my matriculation through university from freshman year up until senior year, I made sure kind of those plans aligned and my values aligned and like, you know, the connections that I made aligned and like things like that. Um, and so my freshman year, I was very involved in like student government and, and you know, things like that and connections. And um, I sing as well as so I was on like praise team, you know, I was in choir, all that stuff. And I really kind of just gained the bulk of those connections there. Um, and in my sophomore year, I transitioned um, from not just um, student government, but actual, actually the social vice president. So I curated and, and curated and planned and did all that stuff for all the events on campus. Um, and then halfway through, this crazy thing called COVID happened. Uh, we got <laughs> right. shipped back home. And then um, my junior year, I kind of just took it easy, especially because we we're kind of just adjusting to this new normal, but still kind of prepping for, you know, Mr. Oakwood. And so my mm -hmm. halfway through the, my junior year, um, we did like pageant training and, and things like that, Royal Court training, all that stuff. And um, the end of my junior year, I was crowned as the eighth Mr. Oakwood University. Um, senior year, you know, I, I reigned as Mr. Oakwood, also did my HBCU tour, um, you know, did various internships, things like that. And May 7th, 2022, I walked across that stage, got that degree. That's awesome. <laughs> what did you major in? So it's funny. So I graduated with a marketing degree, but mm -hmm. up until a week into my senior year, I was a finance major. You yeah. switched? I switched. I switched. Why? <sighs> 
I hated it. I hated it, but I did not. I was very much like, I, I don't think there's a problem with graduating in, you know, four, five, six, however many long. You know, everybody's on a different time frame. But for me, mm -hmm. I did not want to graduate in more than four years. That was just my thing. So I got in, um, like, you know, first semester of freshman year is very much like prerequisites, like things like that. So it wasn't really like, I wasn't really into my major like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I actually had a goal to graduate in three years. So I was in school year round. So my freshman year, um, you know, we had fall semester, spring semester, and then I took a summer semester. And by the time mm -hmm. the summer semester hit, I was really into my core classes. And I was like, oh, I hate this. Like, I hate finance. I do not like this. But again, I, I, I didn't want to delay graduation at all. And so I was like, let me just stick it out. Um, and so halfway so my sophomore year I ended up getting an internship um you know at Devon Franklin um I was a digital marketing intern and things like that and I fell in love with marketing still hating my major but fell in mm -hmm. love with marketing um and so I was trying to find a way to transition out of out of my finance role or like even I was like okay well after undergrad if I get to get a master's in marketing whatever whatever um and so mm -hmm. I remember fast forward to my senior year of college I was sitting into one of my one of my finance class I don't even know what it was Sitting a week into a week into it, I was looking at the board. I was like, I absolutely hate this. Like, I'm not graduating with this. Like, I can't. Like, I just can't do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I, by that time, I was so involved in marketing. You know, I had my I soft launched my digital marketing firm. So, like, I was working in the field that I wanted to graduate in anyway. So mm -hmm. I went to my advisor. I was like, hey, you know, what are my options? Um, and luckily enough, because I, you know, took all those summer classes, my senior year of college, um, I was done a semester early. I really only had, I was like, I had like two classes and that was literally it. Um, so he was like, basically, you know, you're, you're done with your finance things, but you can kind of just switch over to marketing, um, pick up a couple of other classes, um, and you'll be good to go. And I was like, let's wow. do it. So luckily enough, you know, they're both in the business department. A lot of the prerequisites were the same for finance and marketing. So it was mm -hmm. an easy switch. That's so cool. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's the fact that you thought so boldly, because I feel like yeah. some people, when they actually have that feeling, they just ignore it and they're just like, well, yeah. it's too late. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was really actually bold of you to even say, like, I'm going to go and even take that step to ask. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it was, it was Most crazy. Students <laughs> and I was close to not doing it, but I was just like, the worst that could happen is they say no, and I'll, you know, I'll just finish out with this, this finance degree. It's, ain't that deep. Right. Why did you think that you wanted to graduate in three years? Like, did you feel like you had a mission to, like, serve faster or you wanted to just get out into the world quickly? Or, like, wh why was that? It's kind of a mixture of, of a lot. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very, I don't even know the word for it, but I just, I, I, I plan in bulks, like I plan in like years in a sense. And so I, I had a vision of where I wanted to be by the time I graduated. And I feel like, you know, time was quote unquote running out. Um, you know, I, I say that loosely, but I feel like, you know, with the pressures of social media and things like that, it's very much like, oh, like this person is 20 years old and doing this. Like, you know, I can do it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a part of it was just pressure to kind of just like get out there in the world and kind of just like really do what I want to do. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you know, I had an internship with Devon Franklin. So I was really trying to like work with him like as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting that out the way. Um, and I also have a twin sister as well. Like I said, she she went to Howard and um, we found out that our graduations were the same day. Um, and she's a nursing major as well. So, you know, her, she she can't really be as flexible with, I guess, whatever she needs to do. So I was just like, okay, well, I'll kind of take the fall for, you know, I can graduate a year before that way our parents can be at both the graduations. Cause you know, she's in DC, I'm in Alabama. There's absolutely no way that this can happen. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a myriad of reasons, but yeah. Believe it or not, like that, that happened to me and my younger brother this year. Like we both graduated on the exact same day. Yeah. So our yeah. parents had to split and it's yeah. so annoying. I wish universities oh, yeah. would like send out this. I don't know what they could do, but I, it's just so annoying and you can't do anything about it. It's just either you do what you did, graduate early or move something around, or it's just the yeah. families are going to have to split. It was crazy. I remember me and my sister were on FaceTime the day of graduation. My dad was up in D.C. My mom was down in Alabama with me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Dang. It was rough. Because, of course, we wanted, we wanted to be at each other's graduations. But yeah. yeah. It's, it's a sibling thing, too. You want to see your other half, exactly. like, exactly. walk across the stage. Exactly. I want to ask you, too, how did you make friends at Oakwood? Because I feel like in college, when you're first 
getting there, it is overwhelming and it yeah. is a lot. Yeah. And especially with different years, things changes. Have your friends evolved? Did they evolve throughout your years at school or have they stayed the same? Definitely. I've definitely had like some some consistent friends that I've stayed my friends since freshman year. But like, you know, there's been some people that I thought, you know, would would be with me to the end that are not here any any longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> how I made some friends. Honestly, um, I made our group chat. So our class of 2022 group chat um, summer during summer before my freshman year. I was literally just scrounging Instagram. You know when you graduate from high school or whatever, you put like class of whatever like in your bio. So like I was looking at people in their bio, they're like, you know, Oakland University class of 2022 or whatever, whatever. Um, we also, I also went to the official, you know, Oakland University page because they were like tagging like people that were coming in as freshmen, things like that. And so I reach out, um, we made a group chat on, uh, I think, what was it? WhatsApp or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then those people started reaching out to the people like, oh, we got a group chat. And so from there, like being a, like already stepping onto campus, like people already knew me because they're like, oh, you're the dude that made the group chat and like things like oh. that. So like that was a part of it as well. So that that was a way of me making friends because, you know, just making a group chat and, and just putting myself out there, number one. And then of course I was involved in so much, you know, from student government to choir to things like that. And I'm a very outgoing person. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I, I, I manage making friends, just kind of just get, putting myself out there and just not yeah. being afraid honestly you're very strategic i notice i'm picking yeah. that like you're very strategic which i think is a really good thing for people to do like especially when they don't know oh, ways yeah. to try to connect with people i think those are great ways to do it oh yeah oh yeah i'm also like it's funny that you say that because i'm trying to like shift out not really shift out but kind of like manage it a little bit of manage a little bit of the strategic side of things because I found myself finding myself disappointed or like being upset if things didn't work out exactly how they wanted to be. Mm. But at the end of the day, like just because it doesn't work out exactly how it needs to be, like that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Like, you know, God may have like a different plan or, you know, it just yeah. might shift in a different sense as well. So in the past like year and a half, I've like shifted a little bit to kind of like manage my expectations. But overall, I, I feel like I'm a very strategic <laughs> person. <laughs> that's really that's really really good i i think i i think what you're saying too about the balance because it is hard when it doesn't play out exactly oh, yeah. i've had so oh, yeah. many scenarios like that but some way somehow it does kind of find its way around in some weird oh yeah way, whatever that is oh yeah i wanted to get into your network because i feel like with going to college there's this thing with people when they say your network is your net worth. Yeah. And I kind of found it with my experience going to college. The degree is so important to me oh, yeah. because I worked for it. I earned it. I did all my requirements. But I will say I feel like for me, the networking portion of college really is a thing that set oh, yeah. me apart. And I feel like it set you apart in that way, too. So I just wanted to ask you for people who want to start building their network how can they do that? What are steps they can take? And, and how did you build yours, essentially? Honestly, um, I would say number one, and I don't, I, I don't want this to sound bad, but like number one, like go to events that you like that may like seem boring to you or like you may not think like a lot of people will go to honestly, because mm -hmm. you know on campus, you know there was you know these, these smaller clubs that didn't you know have that many members, but I would still like go just to kind of support number one, and mm -hmm. like for example, um, you know the business department they did something and it was like a club of like five or six people and i was like uh let me just go build some connections and i ended up getting into the club doing some stuff with them and then a couple months later being a part of a pitch competition i won ten thousand dollars for my business and so it's wow. like little things like that like i feel like just like putting yourself in situations that you you wouldn't necessarily put yourself in number one or even two like putting yourself in situations that you're not comfortable in um because i'm a mm -hmm. firm believer in like there's no growth and comfortability um so you kind of just have to push yourself just a little bit more and so in terms of connections um i would say anything everything that you can do to build the connections like do like a matter of reaching out to people on instagram or emailing this or following up on somebody that came to speak for a panel you know i was very persistent right. whoever came to a panel regardless of what it was like i was very persistent in getting their contact information and just following up not even trying to get something out of it but just saying hey you know my name is austin you know i appreciate you coming out you know i'm also interested in x y and z you know you really spoke on this point to me just want to put myself out there and you know yeah. eventually you know when those opportunities come around or like you see something else that comes around then you're able to kind of just plug that and be like hey you know remember when we did you know x y and z or like i heard that you're looking for 
this, like I would love to, you know, da 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 da. So I think again, like number one, putting yourself in a situation that you don't think that you would be comfortable in or that are not familiar to you. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, just reaching out on just just any situation. You know, I, I feel like the worst anybody can say is no. Um, and Chris Jenner says, if somebody say no, you're asking the wrong person. And I'm a believer in that as well. And so, you know, I reach out in every situation, regardless of what the outcome is going to be, because, you know, the best answer somebody can get is yes. The worst is no. And you can go a different avenue with that. Um, so, you know, reach out um, and then also just just follow up. You know, anytime that you see an opportunity or whatever, just just follow up and just see what happens, honestly. That's really dope. I, ha- I believe that philosophy, too, with, oh, with yeah. Chris. It's the queen. But she, I, there, I've had so many situations where because I am so persistent with something that I want to do, yeah. I've had people say, I mean, you'll learn one day, you'll learn yeah. one day, like yeah. to take no for an answer. But it, it's not like, I feel like people got to understand the boundaries of it too. Oh, yeah. Because like, you know how people can say like, just keep trying, keep trying. But some people don't know when yes. no is no from exactly. that. Exactly. But you have to pivot to something exactly. else. That doesn't mean your idea is bad or yeah. what you want to do is terrible, sure. but you're just asking, like you said, you're asking the wrong person. For so sure. I feel like sometimes we get defeated, though, in those spaces where we keep oh, yeah. hearing no often. Oh, yeah. How did you deal with hearing no from people until you got that yes? Like, what were you doing during those times where it felt like you were never going to get a yes from someone? <sighs> See, see, you, you over here, you trying to make, ah, ah, that's a good question. Um, I would say, honestly, you know, I think that it's, it's very, I feel like a lot of the easy answers, like, oh, I just kept pushing through. Like, you know, I knew the, the outcome was going to happen, but honestly, that's not, that's not real. Um, you know, getting those notes and things like that, it's, it's definitely like, you know, I was definitely like in my bag about that a little bit. You know, like it's it's hard to, especially as a creative, I know that you understand this, you know, working and curating something so much and presenting it to somebody or like doing this or doing that. And they're like, no, or this is not it or this is not that or whatever like that. You know, that hurts. That's something that you curate. Mm-hmm. That's something that you created. Um, and so number one, shout out to my parents. You know, I feel like having a really solid support system, a really strong family really helped me like push through those hard times. I would call my mom, I'll call my dad crying. I'm like, oh, they said no about this. Or da, 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 da. And they're like, hey, listen, like, you know, Austin, like, just keep pushing through. Like, you know, it's, it's, you're, you've gotten this far already. Um, and number one, like, I know that. And number two, I think that, you know, there's this verse and it's just like, you know, God will never put on you more than you can handle. And so I think that's like number, number two, like for me, like I always think about that as well. Um, and so, you know, I think that having strong faith also helped me like push through those no's. Um, because again, I knew that for me, there was a greater, um, you know, I knew for me where I wanted to be. And I feel like I knew where God wanted to be, me to be as well. Um, and so during those seasons of no's, I also would kind of just curate or like tweak my content a little bit more, or like tweak that idea. Um, because maybe Lily, maybe it's just one word or like maybe it's this idea or I would kind of just look up on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, just kind of people that are doing similar things to what I'm trying to get to and see like what they're doing to, got the, to get to where they've got to be. And maybe there's something that I'm not doing specifically to get to where I need to be as well. Like even just connecting with them in general and being like, hey, you know, how'd you get to this? Like, let me, you know, let me do this. Let me do that. So I think yeah. number one, you know, a support system helped me do those no's. Number two, you know, having strong faith and understanding like my vision for myself and, and my purpose. Um, and number three, just like being able to, to pivot, you know, like you mentioned, and just kind of being like, okay, well, they said no about this. Like, what can I do to make that answer yes? Or what can I do to kind of just change the outcome of this? Again, maybe I'm asking the wrong person or maybe I just need to shift into something different. Yeah, that's really, really good advice, too, because it's like if you don't have people in your corner, it is hard to like weather the storm and and realize like you are meant to do what you're doing. That doesn't mean you have to backtrack and feel like you were wasting your time. I feel like sometimes I get in those spaces a lot where I feel like, am I even supposed to be doing this? Yes, yes. (laughs) Like literally. and, And sometimes it's like people from the outside looking in, I feel like because social media makes everything look so perfect and so good like oh austin just he was at this place and this place and and i've never been here you know what i mean and it's hard for people to understand that there takes a lot of no's for you to get what you ultimately want (laughs) yes i want to ask you something because i think about this a lot do you believe in luck like do you think luck is the factor 
into why you get the things that you get? Like, do you believe in luck? Is that something that you believe that you've been in rooms because you're lucky or do you think something different? Um, I'm not like a huge believer in luck. I would say like divine intervention, um, number one, mm-hmm. or I would say just like, I don't know. Luck, luck is, luck is an interesting word for me. I don't feel like, I don't feel like luck is a thing. Again, I feel like it's divine intervention or like, you know, just working hard to where it got to be, or, you know, I've been praying for this as well. So like, I feel like, like I said, mm-hmm. divine intervention or just like working to where you got to working to where you get to be. So lucky, not necessarily in a sense. Yes, but no, but I feel like timing, divine timing, divine intervention, you know, working, being in the right place at the right time, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I I think about it a lot because there's a lot of great people who I look to in, in the media space in general. And some people say like, Oh, I just got lucky. Like it it was just, you know, luck for me. And, and a lot of people, you know, they talk about how you can't really pinpoint every single thing. But I feel like I agree more with you about the divine intervention part, because it's like if you've been creating this path for yourself and you've been working towards it and you've been showing up and putting yourself in those positions, nobody can force you out of bed to go and do something that you were destined to do. If it aligned, it aligned for you, you know? Because you've been putting in that work. That's yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't think I believe in luck at all. I feel like there's moments where I just feel like, oh my god, okay, this is definitely getting me closer. God sees me doing what I'm supposed oh, yeah. to be doing. Oh, yeah. So oh, now yeah. he's like, okay, there you go. Yeah. Now, exactly. now get back to work. Exactly. You know, sometimes you need that. Have you had that lately? With just if there hasn't been something going your way, and it's been taking you a while to get to the thing that you wanted to do, and then. God gives you something to keep you going afloat to see like a sign or something like I'm this is the path and then we do get those signs what do you do with that information because I feel like sometimes people don't see it when it comes and then they just think oh it's coincidence I don't think oh yeah oh yeah you know no I would say I think the biggest thing is honestly like my move out to LA um, so honestly, you know, I was I was very defeated because, you know, after graduation, like I said, I graduated a marketing degree, you know, I had my digital marketing firm, but it was still getting off the ground. Like it wasn't enough to be paying rent out in L.A. and like all that stuff. Um, and so for me, you know, I was like, OK, before I move out to L.A., I have to have a job. Um, you know, by that time, my internship with Devon Franklin had kind of been compromised because there was a lot going on on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, that was kind of just my my meal ticket in a sense, like move out to LA. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a graduate, mm-hmm. I'm work with Devon, you know, it's about to be cool. Um, and then also, you know, this show Sweet Life Los Angeles, like, you know, I was working with them as well. That show got canceled. And so I was just like, okay, well, that's number two. Um, and so I was applying to like all these different digital marketing firms or like even like these show jobs, like things like that. And literally like every single application, like I tell you, I probably did like, 70, 80, like not even exaggerating. Um, I did like 70, 80. Every single last one of them was like, no. Or if it was a no, they'd be like, okay, yeah, we want you like, can you be in the studio by tomorrow? I'm like, okay, well, I'm 2,000 miles away. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's about to happen with that. Um, right. So I was just like, I'm just going to step out in faith. I was like, you know, it seems like I need to be out in LA to get a job or, you know, these opportunities are, are there. I was like, you know, I'm a hustler. I know some way, shape, or form, like, I'll make it out there. And so, you know, I was very discouraged. But I was like, Lord, I was like, we just finna make it happen. Um, so for Christmas, um, I got, like, $2,000. Um, and I was like, I, I shipped my car out to L.A. That took half my money. And then the other half I put in my pocket. I was like, let's just wow. make it work. Had some family friends um, that lived about an hour and some change from L.A. So I was like, can I just stay with y'all? I was like, can I stay with y'all for, like, three, four months until I get on my feet? They're like, you know, of course. So I flew mm-hmm. out here. Um, and when I tell you I was driving three, four hours round trip every day to L.A., just making connections, um, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I was out, I moved out here December 29th, um, and that next day I went to L.A. to do something. The next day I was back. I was filling up my tank like every other day, and gas out here is not cheap. Um, and I was just like, I was just like, I, you know, I got it. I, I kept a positive attitude. Um, you know, I was, I was going to networking events. I was doing this. I was doing that. And I was like, God, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what's finna happen. I was like, I just can't keep doing this drive. You know, I didn't have an apartment by the time, you know, I didn't have, you know, a, an influx of income. Um, and so again, I stepped out on faith um, and January 29th. So like a couple, a, well, literally a month, a month to the day that I moved out to LA, 
Um, mm -hmm. I had a, um, I contacted the property manager. Um, they showed me an apartment. Like I said, I didn't have any like suitable income at that time. So I was like, you know, whatever. Ended up signing a lease. And then that next day, the next day, the next day, the next day, I got a call from a producer saying, hey, you know, you can recommend it. We just heard you're back. You're out in L.A. We want you on this show. I was like, OK, cool. And they're like, I was like, you know, when do you want me to start? They're like, can you come in today? <laughs> I was like, I got the keys in my hand. So literally <laughs> put on some clothes, went out there and um, I got paid weekly. And so that first week I was able to pay my rent. Um, wow. And I was like, that was just that was just what I needed, honestly. Because I was just like, I, I was at the point where I was so defeated. You know, I was living on a couch for a month, driving mm -hmm. to LA, you know three hours of my day every day, driving to LA. I was just like, you know, I was feeling very defeated. But I feel like God strategically placed like this apartment and you know this job. Like the fact that I moved in and that same day I got a call like saying that I have a job. I, like it's just mind blowing. And so you yeah. know, in terms of what you're saying about the placement, I feel like again, like God, He's just like, okay, cool, like. You got this, like, now keep going. <laughs> All right, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's a perfect example of, of what that is. But the call wouldn't have came if you weren't hustling the way that exactly. you were and doing exactly. that. I want to ask you this, too. When you moved in with your family, friends, family members out in, like, the L.A. area, it wasn't that close, but you, you were committed to making the drive. I feel like sometimes, too, people want the apartment. They want the lifestyle but their current situation isn't as aesthetic yeah. or isn't as glamorous as it is what do you what advice would you give to people who they're they're seeing so much on social media they're they're feeling like yeah. dang i'm not in this space i'm actually in the struggle and i want to get out of the struggle so bad like you know what i'm saying but then yeah. also i feel like just I guess how I want to rephrase it also is like the hard work part is there too because you have to be yeah. working hard to get yeah. get to the goal. So how are you maneuvering it, or or did you even care? Like honestly, because I feel like some people do, some people don't. Yeah. No, I, I I'm not gonna. If I say I didn't care, that would be straight up lying. I definitely cared. Um, I think it was a matter of the fact because you know I had this idea of you know me moving out to LA and you know getting a, like mm -hmm. a two bedroom, having one for a content space, and having the job and like doing all this stuff. And so when I moved out here, it was not that. It was I was sleeping on a couch, <laughs> and like they, it was like a dining room situation. So every morning when I they would come downstairs, I would hear the blender running. It was not a comfortable situation at all. It was not. Um, but again, back to my point, like there's no growth in comfortability. And so I really like cherish those moments. Um, I was there, like I said, I was there for a month. It didn't feel like a month. It felt like a week, honestly, because I was just hustling. Um, but you know, it was a reality shock. And I remember I, so I flew in um, on the 29th in the evening. I got there in the evening, you know, called my parents. I was like, you know, I got admitted to LA, yada, yada, yada. I was lying down on the couch. I was like, what in the world did I just do? Oh my mm. God. And I remember the next day, like I was crying to my parents. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't have a job. I was like, I'm sleeping on somebody's couch. I was like, I'm not, I'm coming home. Like, I, I don't want to come home, but I think I'm going to come home. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, because again, like I just had such like a, a vision of where I wanted to be, how I wanted to be it and do this. And it was the polar opposite of that. Um, and so again, I think I just had to, I think that's where like the growth came in because I feel like it was just like a matter of, okay, Austin, like this is not where you want to be. This is not what you want to do. But you 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 got to put in some work now. Like it's playtime yeah. is over, and so I feel like you know, I wanted a life for myself the way I envisioned. But I think that also like I had to just put in the work, and I'm so happy that like now like I'm so blessed and grateful to be in the position that I am now, and it's so much greater than what I've imagined. And so I would tell people honestly like don't get caught up like in the glamorous like lifestyle. Like you were saying, like social media makes everything look so perfect. Um, you know, social media like it allows people to share only what they want to share honestly you don't see the bad you don't see this you don't see that um and so i think that you know it's 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 hard sometimes to look at people our age you know even younger than you you know living here like doing this you're like dang like you know why can't i do that but i feel like everybody's journey is so different um yeah. and so i would just tell people like please like it's easier said than done honestly it's really easier said than done but like don't get caught up in the the whole like oh i have to do this i have to do that because your plan can be so much greater and different than what you've expected and it just can exceed mm -hmm. your highest expectations um and so i would say don't like don't be afraid to pivot don't be afraid to change don't be afraid to be uncomfortable because without uncomfortability there's no growth 
Yeah. Um, and you you don't want to be in the same place forever. Life is about growing and, and building. Like you don't want to be stagnant. So yeah, definitely. You are such a creative, and I feel like that's what drives you to do the things that you do because I feel like most people they have a dream or even if they were in that position where they could move it's like well you're not prepared for it yeah. now you're doing the same habits that you were doing when you were yeah. at home so yeah. that's why you're not getting the things yeah. that you were getting but I want to go back to the time where you had your very first viral moment where the world kind of got to get a glimpse of you for the very first time during yeah. that COVID season so you went viral for a funny video that you made about names yeah. from COVID. <laughs> yeah. what, how did you come up with that, Austin? Uh, honestly, it's it's crazy because that whole video, like I till this day, I don't. I'm not gonna say I hate it because I got to where I am now, but like I hate every time I see it on my timeline, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> like I didn't have a haircut. I was looking rough. Like it was terrible. <laughs> um, but honestly, I just came up yeah. with it because you know, like you said, I'm a creator. Um, and so during that time of the pandemic, I really was just kind of just tapping into my creative bag. You know, I feel like up until that point, I was very like head down in school. You know, I had so many, mm -hmm. you know, extracurriculars that I was doing. You know, I was maintaining, you know, my um, GPA. Like, you know, I had this, I had that. You know, I had friends, I had family. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time. Like, there was just a lot, a lot going on. And so I feel like I was not able to really be as creative as I wanted to be. And so, you know, during the pandemic, you know, everything was shut down. And I feel like it was a time for creatives to really like just put themselves out there, honestly. So um, I just remember I was I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, let me just make this TikTok. I was like, I feel like, you know, in the in the next couple of years, like people are going to be, you know, naming their kids like different names. I remember my parents and I, that's what it was. My parents and I were talking about because my little sister's name is Jillian. And she was born in 2008, you know, when President Barack Obama was elected. And um, my dad wanted to name my sister Sasha Obama, uh, Sasha Malia, Sasha Malia Reed. Her like, like, you know, last time I was reading, Sasha Malia Reed. And my mom was like, absolutely not. So we we're just talking about kind of how, you know, the culture shifted when, you know, President Barack Obama was elected. Mm -hmm. And so many people was, you know, named Malia or Sasha or, you know, Barack and like things like that. And so I was like, you know, I feel like after COVID, there might be a shift about that. And I was like, you know, actually, let me talk about it. Let me make a TikTok. So I made a TikTok um, and I honestly didn't think it was funny. Like, I was just like, uh, it's cool. My parents were like, no, you should post it. Like, just see what happens. I was like, uh, okay. So I posted on TikTok uh, and then I posted on Facebook and I went to sleep. And then I woke up and on Facebook, it was like a half a million views. I was like, wow. okay. And on, tic on TikTok, it was like, it was already like in the millions on TikTok. Um, it blew up on Facebook, it was like 50 million. So I posted it on, I mean, um, half a million. And I posted it on my Instagram. It blew up on Instagram. Um, and within a matter of like two or three days, like it was like in the 50 millions, like across like all the platforms. It was shared by like so many people. Um, wow. America's Funny Tone Videos reached out to me. They wanted to, they wanted me to do like, they put my video like in the collage thing that they were doing. Um, I had a couple of like news articles and things like that as well. So it was just like very much like, again, I think it was very placed. Like it was just like, okay, God, like, like I see you, like this is what I want to do. Um, and he was like, oh, you want to do this? Okay, viral, let's do it. You can do it. <laughs> Were you ready for it when it happened? Because it wasn't strategic, obviously. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that post wasn't. It was not. So when it did happen, did you feel a pressure to start posting consistently or like make another funny video to keep up the momentum? Definitely. I didn't, I didn't necessarily have the pressure of like making another funny video. And I use, I say this lightly, but I, I think I'm a pretty funny person in general. So it's just like, I knew my content would hit if it, who it needed to hit. And so I felt like I just had a, the pressure of just like continuing to post this content um, because I feel like that's what really like just separates mediocrity from from greatness is consistency. Mm. Like not even just posting, but I'm saying consistency and discipline in general. And so I feel like, you know, I wanted to be, you know, who I wanted to be. And so I was like, you know, I got to be consistent. You know, these Charlie D'Amelio's or like these these Ricky Thompson's, like things like that, like they got to where they got. They have the fans that they have. They do this because they were consistent. They've been posting videos. And so honestly, yeah. Some days where I wasn't up to it or some days when I felt like, you know, I was not in my in my creative mode. I was still posting because it was just like, got to stay consistent. I got to keep doing that. And so, you know, now I'm here. So that's so cool. Do you was it hard for you? Do you feel like you have a niche per se, like a, a thing that's yours or do you think it's what, what how would you define your niche? Um. I feel like I'm, I have my hands in like so many like pots. I feel like there's not a specific niche to me. 
So mm. I feel like I just kind of just like try everything. You know, I, I'm very consistent on just sharing like just whatever I feel. Like some days I'll make like I remember a couple days ago I made a video about Wingstop, how my wings took like ten thousand years to get out here. And like that video <laughs> blew up. Or like I was talking about the rider strike and how that's affected me because you know I work in this industry. Mm. Or like um, my car got towed a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago and I didn't know where it was. So like I made a TikTok about that journey. So literally like I just like talk about whatever's on my mind, whatever's on my head, because I feel like again back to your point about social media perfection i just feel like people are getting out of the habit of like just recording in the moment or just sharing like i feel like social media as a whole like people want to see people's lives like for real not polished not these edits not that not this um mm -hmm. and so you know i made a promise to myself that specifically when i moved out to la like i would share this journey the good the bad the ugly whatever so you know there was a time period where um it was like right after the writer strike um happened you know i was like literally the writer strike happened may 1st may 2nd i didn't have a job and so you know going going from going from you know a nice check every week it was paid weekly too going from a nice check every week to like now having to be like okay uh let's budget a little bit better um you know to my car getting towed that same week and you know me having to pay four hundred dollars to get it done thing like i was very like frustrated and i felt like you know i was to the point where i was just very stagnant um and so i stopped posting on social for like two three weeks because i was just like i'm really just not in the mood I don't want to talk mm -hmm. to anybody like I don't I'm not in the creative space and I remember after kind of that two week was up two or three weeks was up I just made a video about it I was like hey listen like you know people have you know bad days too honestly I was like you know y'all see me at the Grammys y'all see me doing this y'all see me doing that but you know some days I don't want to get out of bed some days I don't want to create some days like I'm sad and that's cool like everybody's human and so I feel like it's very important to share those good things and the bad things as well and it's interesting because like so many people reached out to me after that video they're like you know i appreciate this i appreciate the transparency yeah. um, because a lot of times you know creators influencers whatever they're just very like this is what life is it's perfect i don't have bad days i don't do this i don't do that and that's not real that's really not real and i feel like sharing the good the bad and the ugly just kind of you know makes you a little bit more human just like tells people like oh you can do it too honestly definitely i want to get into because you you brought it up and i, I planned on asking anyway about your trip to the Grammys. And I know you haven't told the story, but I'm just hoping that you'll share how <laughs> you got to go and the overall experience about it, if you're ready to. I will. It's funny because I, I said I'm not sharing this story until I get on the podcast, which is crazy. I mean, I've been on a couple, but before before the Grammys, I was on podcast before the Grammys, um, and after I was like, let me wait till I get on the next one. So. I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. Let me take a because it's going to get deep. Okay, okay, okay. I'm excited because the footage, first of all, if you guys haven't, go go on Instagram. Go on Austin Reed's Instagram. I will I will put it on the link so you guys can see. I mean, you were next to everybody. I yeah. mean, like, you could literally grab, like, their future doja yeah. cat yeah. i mean i was seeing everybody yeah. in it so i i just want to know the story so bad <sighs> all right good <laughs> okay oh so, like i said i moved out to la um december basically january um you know i moved into my apartment the last week of january my birthday is february 8th and i was just like for my birthday present i want to go to the grammys you know it's it's been a goal of mine to get there um, and it was, it was, it was to the point where like, I was going to like seat fellow websites. I was like, how do you be a seat fellow for the Grammys? I was got to my connections. I was like, Hey, do you have anybody that needs, you know, escorting on the red carpet? Like I was exceeding like all like my connect. I was using my draw four cards for everything. <laughs> um, and so Grammys weekend that Friday evening, um, there was an event for Zeus. They invited me out there. Um, so I went there, you know, I was helping them out with some stuff and a couple of people that were nominated for Grammys were there. So they're like, okay, cool. So, you know, I found it. Well, we connected. Um, I was like, you know, let me help you guys, whatever you guys need for the Grammys, like I got you guys. And they didn't come through, honestly, they did not come through. But so before before that weekend happened, like like those two weeks, I literally I have a like, you know, I have my journal and stuff like that. And I'm just writing. I was like, I will be at the Grammys. Like, I will be at the Grammys. You know, I was praying about mm -hmm. it. I was like, Lord, I was like, just just give me the Grammys. I just, I just want to get to the Grammys, God. Like I was putting sticky notes like on my um, on my mirrors, like I'll be at the Grammys because I'm a firm believer in like 
manifestation and just like speaking truth and speaking life into whatever you need to get to. Um, you know, the tongue is very, very powerful. Um, and so that's what I kept telling myself. I was just like, you know, I'm gonna keep doing that. I got a suit. Like I was just, I was, I was gearing up like I was going to the Grammys. You were um, being so delusional. <laughs> literally, I was, really, I was really being delusional. But I was like, I'm gonna end up at the Grammys. Um, and so the that Friday night or whatever, I connected with some people. Um, the Grammys was that Sunday, but that Saturday, I mean that Friday night, I connected with some people. Um, Saturday, they were like basically like they did not come through. They did not come through. Mm. So I was just like, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. The Grammys is tomorrow. Um, and so I went to sleep that Sunday of the Grammys. I was just like, I woke up, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. And so I went on, I went on um, Photoshop, Premiere, made my little, I made these little press, I, that's, I was grabbing these. I, I made some press passes. <laughs> I went to Staples, laminated them. Um, I, had a, I had some lanyards. Um, I made one for my business and I also made one for TikTok. Put on my suit, called an Uber, went to the crypto arena, and I had the I had these two lanyards on my neck, and I was just like um, I went to like the check in area, and I was just like, hey, you know, I'm here to check in for TikTok. I'm getting pressed on the red carpet. Somebody was like checking over there, um, checking over there. I was like, oh my, you know, my um, I was like my brand rep has my ticket. Like I was just using like anything that I could get, and they just kept telling me like they're like go over there, go over there, go over there, go over there, whatever. End up on the red carpet. Um, so I ended up on the red carpet. You know, I was I was taking videos, doing what I got to do. And I would just, you know, by the time, um, so by the time all the celebs and stuff like that got in, um, you know, they're closing down the red carpet. Obviously, I didn't have a ticket, so I couldn't get inside. Mm -hmm. um, so we were, I was sitting outside, and I heard my name. So I was like, Austin. It's like, yo. They're like, you know, what are you doing here? I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, getting content and stuff like that. I was like, I'm trying to get into the Grammys. I was like, but, you know, I got, I got enough content. Like, this is good enough for me. Like, I've gotten this far. Like, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was, um, and they were like, I was like, what are you doing here? And the lady, she was like, you know, I'm here for one of my clients. I was doing hair and makeup for them. And the person that was, the person that I was talking to did hair and makeup for me for a show that I was on a couple of weeks before out in LA. And she was like, you know, you're trying to get into the Grammys? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, just come with me. I got an extra ticket. So just come. And that's literally, like, mm -hmm. I wish, I literally wish I was lying. And so I texted my parents. I was like, I'm in. Cause literally that day, the, the morning of. <laughs> I texted them, I was like, I'm going to the Grammys. I was there like, you have a ticket? I was like, no. They're like, okay, we believe in you. <laughs> That's really what it was. <laughs> and then that, uh, like around like six, seven, eight o'clock, I took a picture of me inside the Grammys and my parents were like, no way. So yeah. I'm first yeah. of all, first of all, <laughs> the way you just whipped out both the passes. I keep it right in this drawer. Cause I was just like, yeah, it's, it's a thing <gasps> that I look at every day. That is first of all. And then also second, from one media person to another, I see you. You know, I see you. <laughs> First of all, media talent, media. If you are aspiring, aspiring content creator, media personality, vlogger, YouTuber, sometimes, like in my experience and Austin's, it's so relatable. You have to do what you have to do yes. to get into the rooms. Yes. Like yes. I have so many stories like that, Austin. I did not expect your story to be that because it's I such do. a untold media yep. story, but everyone has done that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Everyone has done that. That is insane. So yep. boom, so you get into the Grammys. Get inside then the Grammys. what? So I get inside then the Grammys. What? Amazing show, a great show. Um, and then afterwards, you know, I take some pictures and stuff like that. And so one of my connects, I mentioned him earlier, like Stevie Mackey, he went to Oakland University. He's like a renowned like vocal coach. He's done things with um, Ariana Grande, um, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Hudson, um, um, J-Lo, like things like that. So like he's, he's really well known. He was there as well. And, we, you know, we're really cool. Um, and so after that, you know, after the Grammys happened, you know, I was leaving, you know, we kind of connected. We said, hey, he's like, Are you going to the after party? I was like, no. I was like, you know, I didn't even have a ticket to the Grammys. He was like, okay, we'll just be my plus one to the after party. And so, ended up at the after party. And that's, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm weird. I, I wish I was lying when I said this, but that was literally it. And so, again, I feel like that goes back to the main point of just putting in that work because, you know, mm. I was I was telling, like, I was, I literally almost, like, I was tearing up when I was, like, sitting inside the arena because I was just looking. I was like, like, what? Like, how is this, like, what? And so, right. you know, I like you know putting in that work like man, like i was act for those two weeks i was like acting like i had a ticket to the grammys literally getting a suit getting my uber like ordered like haircut like all that stuff like everything was in place because i just knew that i was going to end there and so mm -hmm. putting that work wow
That is the craziest thing. I, like, But it, it's not the craziest thing to me. But yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like for other people, it would be like, now everyone's going to see this and they're like, oh, bet, bet yeah. that next year we're in. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's been like, it's, it was... It was ner- it was scary. I like I was scared because like you know there's there's certain things that you can and cannot do because like I don't want to make it too hot because these are fi- like mm. these are fake passes. They don't have Grammys on it at all. And I was looking at the passes from the media personnel on the on the carpet. They're like mm. very like well like graphic. They had Grammys 2023 on there like this that yeah. This laminated thing from Staples. And so you know I was very I was very chill, calm, and collective because I didn't want to you know make too too, make too it- much right. Um, but you know you got to move a little strategically. Maybe push somebody out the way just a little bit you know <laughs> slide in and you you know you you got to do it scared that's what i tell people right. all the time. you got to do it scared mm-hmm. um, so yeah i think this is called youngins we are teaching you the art of finesse <laughs> the art of finesse and belief and belief because i always say like you have to use what you have to your advantage exactly. but people are not wired that way austin exactly. that's that's the crazy thing about it it's like people will have dreams but they're like well i just I don't exactly. know. I just can't go, and it's just like exactly. figure it out. Like exactly. it's that simple. That's crazy. It is. it is, and that was me. I was just like the absolute worst that can happen. If I pull up with these fake passes, <laughs> the security tells me to leave. That's the worst that can happen. I, go I home. took my tail under my legs and I just go. But at least, at least I tried. But right. if, if 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 I just kind of just gave up and be like, ah, uh, I don't got a ticket to the Grammys, I would not have ended up there. Mm-hmm. But you were meant to be there. I think that's the thing. You were meant to be there. That's why you ended up in that situation. Because anybody could, you know, do something or try to sneak in somewhere or not sneak. But it's really like for me, I look at it as I'm fighting for my dreams. I'm meant to be in these spaces. Exactly. I'm not doing it out of malicious intent. And I feel like that's the difference. Yeah. I'm not going there just to do it. Like I made so many connections when I was there. Like I did that. You're there to work. I'm the type of person that you know, if if somebody's like, no, like you can't get in. I'm not finna be fighting people. Like I'm not. I'm not. I I respect it. Like I got. I'm. I'm here legally anyway. So (laughs) I'm not gonna do too much. So I feel like your point. You know, a lot of people may be malicious with it or like kind of just like like they just want to do it just to do it but like you said like it's me getting closer to my dream and i got yeah. like um a couple of people reached out to me to do some um some red carpet events for them after seeing the grammys video as well mm. so it was just like a whole like a whole thing right see that's a blessing that is huge i just can't believe it how <laughs> how is your agency playing out now after this move and after you know you're doing these things that are setting you apart as an entrepreneur and just as a hustler period how is it going for you right now um it's going well i think you know now it's just now it's just the the journey of transitioning more into that space you know working Mm -hmm. um i was working on two shows um i was working on two shows can't talk about it yet um (laughs) but i was working on two shows and so you know it it was difficult to kind of do my business full time as well as be on set full time and creating characters and meetings and all that stuff and so I wasn't really able to devote as much time to, you know, my agency as, as I wanted to. But now, mm-hmm. you know, since the writers and actors strike, you know, I've been able to kind of just curate that a little bit more, you know, build on some more clientele, really build out exactly like what I want to do and what I want to make happen. And this is what I tell like creatives as a whole. Like I feel like this writers and actors strike is the pandemic of creativity as a whole. Yeah. Because once Hollywood opens back up, there's gonna be a surplus of like so many opportunities and they're gonna be looking for content creators. They're gonna be looking for people that, you know, made these short films or like things like that on YouTube or TikTok and may want to bring it to the big screen and things like that. So that agency number one is a time for me to kind of just build that side but also mm-hmm. the writer strike as a whole has been a time for me to curate my own content and kind of yeah. just, just brush up on some stuff and kind of build my platform because when hollywood opens back up oh trust and believe i'll be on that big screen oh facts i i have no doubt about it this is the time i feel like yeah. that's even more at what you're saying is like don't use the writer strike time as just like oh well there's just a pause and you're not working (laughs) you're not doing anything you know what i mean where did the name come from that you decided to name your agency so a michael agency so you know a stands for austin you know austin and then michael is actually my middle name um gotcha so i think for me i i'm very much like i want to separate 
my personal brand, so Austin Reed, apart from my business, which is a micro agency. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's kind of I wish it was more profound, but it's literally just like um, I, and I like I like I like a play on words like it's a micro agency and then I have my marketing. So like a micro marketing and a micro management. So I kind of like the, the, the play on words. I like it, too. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's very like it sounds very like, oh, my God, yeah, like I need to take this. agency. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, very profound. I really like it. I want to ask you a couple more things surrounding like your self-care and your health because I feel like you're not able to completely do what you do and be consistent, be the creative that you are without having healthy habits or just goals that you're working towards. So what are your habits that you do to just maintain your sanity, your self-care and just your overall well-being? Yeah, Um, number one, saying no. Um, And you know, for me, I was hard on myself because, you know, me moving out to to Hollywood as a whole, you know, people always make the joke, oh, you're Hollywood now, like yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't want people to ever think that I'm going to change in a, in a negative way. Um, and so I was very, like, hesitant to, like, say no to certain things or, like, not go to this, not go to this, because I don't want people to think that I'm a rude or disrespectful person. But honestly, yeah. for myself, for my, for my sanity, for my care, like, I've learned to be able to, like, say no or, like, not this time. And I've realized that, like, not many people really get offended like too too much about that. Like it's just like you know that is what it is. So like number one, like no, if 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 it's not in my bandwidth, like it's an immediate no. Um, number yeah. two, like I'm very like I'm very big on rest. I'm very big on sleep. Um, you know, fortunately, you know I do work from home right now, so I'm able to kind of just like some days like, I'll just cancel my entire day and I'm just like you know I'm resting. Not so much just like sleeping, but like you know not necessarily being on social media or like you know. Um, doing like going outside just kind of just doing something I feel like the mind body and soul is like very important um and so I think that you know resting and just kind of taking a time from like digital as a whole is is really good um number three you know I've really taken up you know a lot more extracurriculars in a sense um you know I dance now um I take I've been taking some classes at playground you know I played tennis in high school so you know I'm bringing that back now um I go to the gym every day um I feel like you know just just having a good like fitness kind of situation kind of just staying healthy and on top of that it allows me to kind of network and be connected to some people you know that are my age as well you know going to these dance classes um i go to like yoga every sunday as well so like and a lot of create you know a lot of creatives about in la as well so it's been a great you know networking opportunity as well as you know for my body and for my health and things like that um and then again just like journaling and and being able to just like talk to my again my my support system just talking to him about the good, the bad, all that stuff. Um, and I'm in the process of actually like getting a therapist. So I feel like that's very important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, those are just some small things that I do to kind of just keep my my sanity and, and my health and all that stuff together. That's so good. I feel like it, the small habits that you do is what is gonna help you, yeah. you know, get to whatever it is that you yeah. wanna get to because yeah. it can be hard. I, I'm surprised you work out every single day, like, no days off i mean like it seems like you split it up though so it's fun it doesn't seem like it's like a chore to you you know doing dance and yoga that's that's really really good um okay i want to ask you what was the worst piece of advice you've ever received (sighs) Ooh, the worst piece of advice like someone gave you some advice and you were like um you can keep that i'm (laughs) not gonna take that um Okay, I, I, the first thing that came to my head, okay. So when I started, um, when I started with my job, my, um, when I was working on set with the show, the person, that, the person that was in charge of hiring me called me and was just asking like, you know how much I'm expected to get paid, like yada, yada, yada. And I told him, I was like, okay, well I wanna do this for, you know, whatever. He's like, oh, you're not gonna be here long. That's literally what he told me. Mm. And so it went from that, like it went from me not being there long to like me being the longest reigning like, Thing in that in that space that they had right then and there. So mm-hmm. I think like like I haven't I haven't got too too much of like bad advice yet, but I think that was the first thing that came to my head because like he said I'm not gonna be here long, but I exceed those expectations. And when Hollywood opens that up, person <laughs> and period, yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually horrible advice. I feel yeah. like <laughs> I feel like that's actually terrible. But no. I feel like I, I'm glad that you like recognized it, especially when it comes to like what your worth is and and then you proving that person wrong so i feel like people got to be more mindful about it and then i want to get into what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received um 
I feel like there's so much. Like, number one, again, like, God will never give me more than you can handle. Um, you know, of course, mm -hmm. the Chris Jenner proverb, if you're asking, if, you, if somebody says no, you're asking the wrong person. Um, and honestly, you know, I think, you know, just the, the tongue is powerful. And I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I say that all the time. I'm just like, you know, the, the tongue is a very powerful thing. And, you know, if you say you're not going to do something, if you say you're going to do it, nine times out of ten, that is or it's not going to happen. Um, and so, and also I think that just um, somebody told me, you know, work, like basically like prepare for what you're praying for and also like live like you're actually like living it. So again, like with the Grammy story, like, I was preparing for that and I was living like I was already at the Grammys. Like I said, like I was getting my haircut. Homeboy was like, oh, what you getting a haircut for? I was like, oh, I'm going to the Grammys this weekend. Again, not having a ticket, but I was prepared to be there. Like I was just, I was, I was just living in what I wanted to be. And so I think that's like the best like advice. Like just like living how you want to live because it's just gonna just come naturally, honestly. Yeah, you're showing up as your dream self, your exactly. dream version of Austin. Exactly. I, that's dope, that's dope. Exactly. So I do this final segment of the show. It's called the final four set of four success real quick before I do this. though, the last kind of question I want to ask you, do you think that you have been set up for success like overall in your life? Yeah, I think so. Um, and again, going back, going back to my support system, I think that, you know, my parents have been very supportive of everything that I wanted to do, whether it was, um, you know, content creation or just like moving out to LA again, like they were just like, okay, what can we do to help? Um, you know, my, yeah. I talk to my parents literally every day. And you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the call, they'll be like, you know, we're proud of you. You know, you know, what do you need or what, what can we help you with? So I think that, you know, my entire life, my entire existence, 23 years, you know, my parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters, cousins, like all that stuff, they really poured into me, fed into me. And I feel like I definitely have been set up for success. Bet. That's awesome. Okay, so let's do our final four. So these are just four questions. You can answer them as short as you want to or as long as you want to. It could be a word. It could be a sentence. I doesn't matter to me. Okay. Okay. So first one is, what's one change someone could make today to set themselves up for success? Like, what's one change they could make today? Um, I would say, honestly, consistency is key. So I wouldn't say, like, like jump into a whole like habitual routine but like add like two or three things like within the next month that you know you're going to be consistent in and then like mm -hmm. every month just like add something into that and before you know it like your life is going to change honestly for the better so i was like i feel like again consistency is key and discipline is is what separates mediocrity from from greatness and so you got to be disciplined you got to be consistent and so you know i'm not a firm believer in like okay i want to go to the gym i want to eat right i want to do this i want to do that i want to mm -hmm. do ten thousand things to change my habits let me do it all today because you're going to get burnt out but just like add like two or three things whether that's like okay today i'm just going to make this one tiktok video tomorrow i'm gonna make this next tiktok video or like brush my teeth three times a day or like things like that so mm -hmm. I, like little small habits here and there that you know you can do and kind of just add on to those things and eventually you know five six months like you're gonna look back at yourself you're like dang like okay <laughs> all right <laughs> yes that's so good i love that okay the second one is what was the last good book that you read Ooh, the last good book that I read was probably. Uh, ooh, I've read I've read a couple lately. I would probably say The Hollywood Commandments by my guy Devon Franklin. I've been I've recently mm -hmm. just like reread it. Um, you know, being out in Hollywood, it's kind of just like sharing his story of him moving out here, um, and kind of just being in this industry, and it kind of just like aligns and very parallel with like my journey as well. And so, you know, reading that, I got some really good nuggets, got some really good like advice um, that I've been applying to my daily life. And so, yeah, I think that's like a good book that I've read recently. I've read a lot more, but I feel like that's yeah. like a good one that's top of my head. That's good. I'm gonna have to check that out. I love reading like books about people's journey and story yes. Yes. or like things that I can directly do exactly. to help myself exactly. move forward. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. Third one, I mean, you kind of said this already because we talked about your habits, but like, just give me one really, really good self-care tip for anyone who's listening that maybe they don't do this, but it's actually a really good tip to do. Um, I would say, honestly, like, like, I use this loosely, but like personal hygiene as a whole, like just like taking that that extra five minutes in the shower or like you know doing that full out like skincare routine like i feel like you'll be like so much you'll feel so much better i feel like you know just yeah. just 
when you feel like you look good and, and you know you look good and like things like that, I feel like you're just so much more like on it. And so, you know, I'm very devoted to like, I, my morning routine is probably like an hour, honestly. Cause I really just like take my time. Like, you know, I like, I end up in the morning in the day, like I really like taking my time, listen to my music, all that stuff. So I feel like, you know, a really good like habit or like self care is just kind of just give time to yourself. I think, I think that's what I'm looking for. Like, because in the morning, like, I mean, I wake up early, you know, go to the gym and stuff like that. And then by that time, I don't really have any meetings. I'm just listening to my music, my podcast, whatever, you know, taking mm -hmm. my shower, you know, flossing, brushing, you know, wash my face, all that stuff. And it's a really good time to kind of just like think about what the day has to bring or kind of just like think of new ideas because I'm taking care of Austin because the rest of the day, like I'm taking care of everybody else. So Yeah, very true. That's really good. Okay. And then final for the last one is what is your advice to Gen Z and HBCU students, people who are just in their early 20s? and they just need that extra nugget of advice, what would you tell them? Ooh. Because you said, you said so much. I feel like you've already given the people enough. No, I know, but I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying not to sound like too cliche, but it's just like. But it's not, it's not yeah. cliche if that's really truly your truth and what you mean. Yeah, no, I would say honestly like, Honestly, like, literally don't give up. If there's a dream that you want to achieve, like, there's nobody that can stop you except for yourself. Nobody's out here, like, pushing you, saying, no, like, you cannot do this. Don't do this. Like, no, nobody's physically, like, dragging you and not, like, letting you get to where you got to get to. I feel like a lot of the time, certain opportunities and certain things that surpassed are not necessarily because of other people, but because of myself. Because either, like, I felt like I was not qualified for it or I was too scared to, like, reach out. And so at the end of the day, I'm just like, dang, like, I should have done that. Um, and so I feel like, you know, we're our biggest critic and our, our biggest like haters, honestly. Um, and so I feel like, again, like if you have a dream, if you're trying to achieve something, there's nobody that can stop you but yourself. So push, push through and just, just get it done. Like literally get it done. And again, back to my point, like what separates mediocrity from, from greatness is discipline. Mm-hmm, yes. That seems not cliche at all. <laughs> very to the heart i feel like it, it hits different when it it's for somebody who really needs to understand yeah. nobody is is trying to not i mean of course people have haters but like yeah exactly overall at the end of the day it's like it's all on you and and i feel like most yeah. people would be happy for you if you do accomplish the things that you want to accomplish oh yeah for sure for sure yeah. Thank you, Austin, so much. You have been amazing. I mean, this interview was so fun. I feel like I hope this sets you guys up for success in many ways, because Austin gave you a lot of ways to get to your goals and your dreams. Austin, let the people know what you have coming up or just any last words that you want to say. All right. Well, I, I'm looking at my board over here because I have like all these things that I'm working on. Um, but just, just be on the lookout. 2024, there's a lot of things that are in progress right now. Um, but at the top of 2024, um, Big Boss, Austin Reed, we have a lot coming out, which I'm excited to share you guys um, with. So you guys can find me on all platforms at Amor underscore Aus, A-M-O-R underscore A-U-S, all platforms. Um, and yeah, shout out to you, Sarah. I appreciate you for having me Aww. on the show. This is such a great podcast. Like I said, I'm excited to see you again, excited that you reached out to little old me to have me a part of this podcast. So I can't wait, um, you know, in a couple of years when, when you in the studio, when you when you on yeah. TV and yeah. you bring me back. And like, remember when we was on on the, the podcast of a thing and you so so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this is gonna lead you as well and continue to do what you're doing. So great. Um, every time I see on my timeline, I'm just so proud of you and just just happy Aww. to see you continuing to live your dream and, and push through so yes appreciate you thank you so much i receive it you guys thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys in the next episode yeah Yay!